Hi, I'm Debbie Montgomery Johnson, founder of the nonprofit The Woman Behind the Smile, and your host of Stand Up and Speak Up, a show that is about each and every one of us. Many of us have something, something we're hiding, something we're ashamed of, something that through no fault of our own or through our own making keeps us hidden, and that in fact keeps us hidden from each other and the world. Good people go through terrible situations. Wise people know when and how to let it go. Everything that happens to us helps us grow, and while it may be hard to see it right away, the most important thing to do is to change your perception about your circumstances. Regardless of what your personal experiences or traumas have been, this showcase series is designed to ignite the light in you, as well as provide safe harbor, education, personal growth, and resources so that no matter where you are on your journey, you'll have the courage to move on when you're ready. Stand Up and Speak Up features ordinary people who've been through extraordinary situations and struggles and found the courage to step out from behind their smiles and speak up about their experiences and the lessons gleaned from those experiences. Everybody heals at a different pace, and we recognize that. So come on in, have a listen, and enjoy the ride at your own speed. Well, hello everybody. It's Thursday morning again, and I'd like to welcome each and every one of you to our show. I'd like to welcome my very special guest, Miss Charla Anderson, all the way from Lake or Lake Worth. I'm in Lake Worth, Fort Worth, Texas. Welcome, Charla. Hey, Debbie. It's great to hear you, be with you. I'm excited. And there is a Lake Worth right around the corner here in Fort Worth. There you go. Well, I live in, actually, it's Lake Worth, but it's really Boynton Beach. It's just silly how the, you know, the uh, geographical boundaries are around here. It's, it's very random. Um, but I've been to your Fort Worth, and I, I, I had the pleasure of, of meeting you in person with my grandbabies uh, as we played around your pool in July. That was so much fun. Thank you for hosting us. That was a blast, and uh, it was really cool to get to meet someone in person from our, you know, our Women's Prosperity Network. So I'm, I'm, I'm not quite a year into that, and I've met so many great people, but not in person yet. So, uh, well, yeah. that that was a great experience. Great. <laughs> well, with all of us being socially isolated and socially distanced and all that, you know, it was, it was really something for me to hop on an airplane again after all this time and go out there, but I really wanted to see my grandkids and my daughter, and, and it was a special blessing because you were nearby. So let me tell people who you are, and uh, you just let them know that we met through Women's Prosperity Network, um, but here's Darla, and she's amazing. Darla. Charla. Charla spent 34 years as a flight attendant for Delta Airlines. She raised a blended family of six kids and owned her own businesses. As the neighborhood pool hangout and mission trip mom, local volunteer, and world traveler, there was never a dull moment. Retiring in 2008, she discovered the networking world and truly began living by her motto of, when intriguing opportunities present themselves and you say yes, things show up. By saying yes, and as a, oh, by saying yes, and as a personal development junkie, she created her own radio and television shows, traveled, hosted events, and everything in between. Getting Zig, Zig Ziglar Legacy certified was a huge blessing, and she began speaking, coaching, and writing. Her first book, which we are going to talk about a little bit later, is called Candy Bar Hugs. She, she self-published it, and there are two more forthcoming. I can't wait to hear about what you're going to be doing as it goes on. But when I hear that bio, you, and when you hear it, you must be going, whew, was that really me? 
you ever say that when people do your bio? Absolutely. Um, in fact, in the last few year, years, maybe I, it occurred to me that, I, I'll say it this way, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, hey, I'm going to be a hero today. I'm going to go and they, you know, they, I'm going to go be a hero. They go catch the baby and now they're, you know, the hero. Um, it, it it's just our life. It's just what we do. And we don't acknowledge along the way some of those things. I mean, I carried the Olympic torch. I was award-winning flight attendant. I mean, I, 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 did a, I, I worked maximum hours. I commuted. I was an international um, coordinator and, 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 and come home and, and never slept because you know, I have time to sleep. But to manage, you know, a household and, and mission trips and, and all of those things. And it's just what I did, right? It's no, nothing extraordinary as you're doing it. And then you kind of try, somebody says, well, who are you? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I've done a few things. And so, yeah, I, I'm grateful. That's amazing that you actually said that because I was thinking about that this morning. I'm like, nobody thinks that their own life is extraordinary, and everybody's life is extraordinary. We're all miracles. Right this second, we, have, we can take a, a breath at all. We are able to make a new decision, make a new choice, change a step, change a word, and, and change our lives if we choose. And right this second our, is all we have. And so you bringing that up, it really is interesting to me. I think, I think there's a lot of miracles in our world right now. Well, I, when, I, when I was listening to one of the podcasts this morning where you were being interviewed, um, I was just thinking about my life too. And so many times we just do these super mom things. It's just it's part of us. Like you said, it's just what we do. We wake up and we take care of the kids. We take care of everybody. Until something happens in our life, and then someone goes, well, who are you? And you're not so-and-so's mom or so-and-so's wife or so-and-so's daughter. Now you've got to figure out, who am I, and what am I going to do with this life that I have? And you, like you said, you were a um, flight attendant for all those years. What a, back then, what a great life. You know, fun. Can you explain what you did? I mean, it's different today. It was a job. Is different today. Absolutely, it was a perfect job for me. I absolutely at 20 years old, I stepped into it. Back in the day when we had weight restrictions, I sh we shared rooms. Okay, with a you know we'd work 14-hour days, 15, 16-hour days, and then go and have eight hours in a hotel room sharing with some stranger. And back in the day, you know, early days, and we served every single leg. We served something except from Miami to Fort Lauderdale we got up and served coke and sprite or something every leg and we never and we cleaned the plane between the you know we had to clean the plane on the ground and so you know looking back it was a job it was a hard job it was an amazing job and perfect for me so yeah um that was the beginning of a, a, a lifetime career of service, right? So towards the end, it was the, the people were my mission field. I mean, though I loved serving my people. You know, I wasn't one that sat on the jump seat the whole time and, you know, peeked around and, 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 and avoided, <laughs> avoided the people. They were my, my people. 
And well, I'm, I'm sure you were the, the prettiest, happiest, most fun one on the flight. Um, you just have this enthusiasm that is cont contagious, and that's one of your words. Um, and I love that about you. You know, there was no, how do I say this? When I first met you, I'd seen pictures of you. I'd spoken to you on the phone, but I hadn't seen you in person. And sometimes when you meet somebody, you're like, oh, there's a little bit of, not quite sure, you know, where, where we go from here. But, oh, my gosh, you came right out and, you know, on the, on the sidewalk in front of the house and there's hugs for the kids, hugs for me. And, and that broke the ice. And in a, in a day of today where, you know, you fist bumping and all this, elbow bumping and all that, um, sometimes it's nice to, to get a hug. And well, I love that. Especially if you write a book about hugs. So, you know, so yes, I, mm. I feel like authenticity is a kind of a, a throw, common word now, very common. Uh, but be who you be. You know, be who you be. <laughs> when where, Wherever you are, you don't have to be someone different with different people. And I feel like that's a gift that I somehow or another... Um, uh, access and uh, just, just I, I'm not going to be different in in a different situation. I mean, I'm uh, certainly honoring different uh, protocols or whatever, but you know, I'm 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 Charla, and I'm gonna you know, hey, do you need a hug? Hey, can I make a difference for you? How can I make a difference for you? So thank you for acknowledging that, uh, Debbie. Have you always been that way? Were you like that as a kid? Well, as a kid, I was a shy kid. I was shy. Woo. My little sister, I would like, hey, go. You know, somebody said, do you want to cook? And I'm like, I don't care. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to disturb anybody. I didn't want to make anybody go out of their way. They did actually call me. My next door neighbors didn't have kids, and I was their love child. I mean, I'm like, they took me places, and they uh, doted on me and bought me things, and it was really special. But I was I was just kind of a little mortified kid, and then uh, somewhere in high school, I don't know. I went to my ten year reunion, and then and I found out that my all my friends had had been doing drugs and all this stuff, and I was like, well, you never asked me. But my I was I walked around this school going, uh, hey, I'm just high on life. I don't need anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really kind of. Uh, uh, as, as through high school, I did get a little, uh, obviously, a little bit more animated, and I took drama and you know things like that. So, yeah, uh, I I don't think I was uh, very animated as a as a young child. However, but did you ever feel, or did you ever have anybody feel like you weren't? Uh, we hear it a lot now that you know we we, we weren't enough. We weren't pretty enough, smart enough, um, exuberant enough, athletic enough. And that comes back, you know, as we get older, I think those things that are hidden in our minds or in our, you know, psyche um, come back at us. Were there any times when you felt that way or were you just a happy-go-lucky kid? No, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out and say, I'm going to say 100% of us have a moment in our life, at least one, most of us many, when it's like I'm not... I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. My little sister, I'm four years. I had two older sisters, 10 and 9 years older. I'm the love child. And then this four years old, this other little 
baby comes home, and I'm like, well, why? You know, what, what's wrong with me? Well, you know, what, did you bring one for Cindy? <laughs> I, really, I was very confused by that, and uh, and did get, feel like I got knocked down off of my pedestal a bit, right? I was like the center of attention, but I was also a very, very sweet child and let me I'll we'll just go in a little bit here because because they expected me to be and I was this little perfect child you know all the stuff I literally um, became I'm gonna I, I think I became deceptive because if I did anything wrong which we all do Mm -hmm. I, I had to I felt like I had to really hide it and I could I would deny you know and and uh, I feel like I learned uh, a bad a bad habit because of you know I, I didn't want to let anybody know really you know that I'd done anything bad or wrong I had bad thoughts or, or wrong thoughts so yeah it's interesting uh, and 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 actually it was uh, many years later when I totally decided that integrity is everything everything and honoring your word is everything so I, um, I I'm not the same child I was a person I was as a child for sure so you uh, were part of the woman behind the smile club <laughs> <laughs> well like I said name someone who isn't I do believe we exactly but that little moment that's the one I think was one of the first ones that I'm like well, I'm not. Why do they need another one? I'm not enough. What's going on? And yeah. I'm certain that that's a a common uh, thing with with siblings. I absolutely believe that. Um, I I can remember my my second son. Uh, this there were only 16 months apart between him and the first. And when my daughter was born three years later, of course, first girl, new baby, and. Uh, I bet you that my son would tell you today that that was a turning moment in his life. It's like, what's this? He was competing enough with his older brother. He didn't need to compete with his little sister. Um, but he's done extraordinarily well for himself since. But the, the times that when we're small and, and we're, you know, everybody's little darling, um, you can, you know, not want to disappoint people. And when you do or you disappoint yourself, then you do hide it. Um, I, when you were saying that, I'm like, oh, I bet I did that too, because you know, I was always a good girl and tried not to get in any trouble. But I know we did things that probably shouldn't have done. But oh well, it's in the past. I was an A in the class, and somehow or another, I rarely got caught. I would, you know, a whole bunch, several of us skipped one time, and uh, Mrs. Mrs. Gillespie with those. Uh, little pearls around her neck. You know, she <laughs> totally didn't catch that I wasn't there. <laughs> but that was got in trouble. I was like, oops. Well, she good. wasn't looking for you. You weren't on the radar. Right. You know? I, I'm a good kid. Yeah, good kids aren't going to do that. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Find that out about 40 years later when you're sitting around with your parents talking with your siblings about what you did as a child. <laughs> I have a daughter that's living with me now. Yeah, and I'm finding, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. So you've had an extraordinary life, and your your resume is unbelievable. You're the torchbearer. I thought that was kind of cool that you were the torchbearer for the Olympics in Salt Lake City back in 2002. Is the Olympics? So. 2002. How'd you get picked for that? Delta Airlines was the official airline of the Olympics, and I 
uh, it was peer nominated and I'm not exactly sure now I don't remember now exactly what what was said or how they chose me but only a hundred employees out of 80,000 or something were chosen and so it's an incredible honor uh, just you know it's only a quarter mile you just you know it's not that um, it, it's a huge ordeal <laughs> and an incredible honor but it was just a peer nominated thing and, and Delta also has one other the highest honor in the company is Chairman's Club and every year a hundred employees are nominated and I um, are chosen and I was one of those I believe it was in 2005 I was a Chairman's Club honoree so really 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 special um, to be acknowledged by your peers mm -hmm. that was cool well, congratulations on that. That is that is wonderful. Um, and people looking from the outside in would say, "Oh my gosh, she's got a charmed life." There is nothing wrong with that woman. <laughs> all right, here's your time to speak up, uh, because this show is about standing up and speaking up. We've all had something that's happened in our lives that's been uh, incredible, extraordinary, a struggle, um, something that some we may not talk about. And it was interesting because you've got you're writing a book and the Part of the title is um, Stepping Towards the Gun. Mm. And I heard that on an interview with WPN, and I'm like, what in the world is she talking about? So in your safe little world, there was a time when you had stepped out. You'd retired from being a flight attendant. You were doing something new. I think you were living in your car at the time. <laughs> you see where I'm going on this? Tell us about what that Step Towards the Gun is all about, and what's the story behind that? Okay, so I, I'm writing, that will be my third book, and uh, uh, it's, it's a story that I, I just had a moment, I was engaged, I, I, I was, a friend of mine enrolled me in, in the coming out and building a retreat center, and, and I already had a six-week trip planned, so I, I didn't live in my car, I lived from my car for about six weeks. I put everything in storage upstairs at the house where I raised my kids, my ex-husband's house and took off on this trek and spent a month in, in the, at my sister's beautiful place that had donkey, goats, you know, chickens, and, 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 and uh, finished writing my first book in September of 2017 is what I'm talking about here, and, stay, and wrote that and um, had a, an amazing month there house-sitting. And then I went to um, Memphis, Tennessee, and... Um, I went to a convention there, so I'm driving there in an Airbnb, and I ended up getting robbed at gunpoint. And this, you know, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big story. So we're, my friend and I are two little old ladies walking up the driveway uh, at this Airbnb, and next thing I know, I have a gun at my head. Give me your purse. Give me your keys. Grabbing, trying to grab my. They'd already robbed me of the other two bags that had my, my favorite clothes. I'm at a convention, right? My favorite clothes, my new computer, all that stuff was gone. And a gun at my forehead, and I, I just had no fear. Okay, so I had no fear. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain that in just a second. I stepped towards the gun, and I said, you need love. And they ran. Now, you know, my friend thought I was going to be a chalk mark. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I was standing, I, I just stepped towards the gun, and they ran. These two young men, and um, uh, they did actually shoot the gun from their car, 
and when the police later found the shell. So I, I find humor in a lot of things. I, the, the, the humorous part is here I am in Memphis, and I'm a little old lady, and I'm like, don't mess with Texas. And the, but they find the shell, and I said, well, was it a 9 millimeter? I'm from Texas. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, that's my little humorous piece of that. But literally, who I had said I am for my years, who I am is bold faith, no fear. I'm who I am is bold faith, no fear. Who I am is bold faith, no fear. I got to actually prove that I am bold faith, no fear. I had no fear. I felt I was going to win either way. And when I say this story, when I say I step towards the gun, my hands, when I re retell it, my hands automatically go out in front of me. I, it's like I have a shield of protection for um, how many, uh, you know, you know, I've prayed Psalms 91, God's umbrella protection, all the protection promises over my car, my home, my children, my, my everything for many years. And so I feel like I carry a shield of protection. So stepping towards the gun, you need love, and they ran, is an exhibit, an example of speaking what you want, not what you don't want. Speak who you are. Your words matter. My second book is called Split Second Transformation. Change your words, change your life, 31 daily practices. So if I say I am no fear, bold faith, no fear, and I get held up at gunpoint and I can step towards the gun, then I, that is who I am. What you say after the, this is a big message right here. What you say after the words, I am, is who you are. So you've got to watch your words. Just a brief side note. Did they catch the guys? No. No. I was in, I was, though, it, it, the story continued. I actually had another, I went to Nashville the next weekend for another convention. I stayed with my sister in that area. And then uh, came, drove back. Uh, to go help build this retreat center and the, and the girl that I was going to stay with, I was driving and I said, she, I, she said, oh, is that today? Can you wait till next week? I'm like, mm, no. So a little side note here, I ended up with no place to go and all my stuff at my ex-husband's house. So I actually moved in upstairs with all my boxes at my ex-husband's house and that's where I still am. Yep, and I've been there. Um, that's a really <laughs> it's an interesting um, I mean I love the, what you're saying about the words and we're going to talk about that a little bit more when did you first start saying to yourself bold faith no fear and what what preempted that what what got you to start thinking that because you've been doing that for a while yes and I I do not remember the moment I do not know if it's been five years or 15 years I, but I, I'm thinking more in the last decade I started using words as, you know, watch what you say, right? Why do we always, why do we speak death on, over ourselves, basically? This, I, this girl the other day kept saying, oh, this, job, this is killing me. And I'm like, oh, cancel, cancel. <laughs> I hear it in other people. And I want to just offer that maybe we could shift those, those words that are not, adding life 
to us. Well, and you said that. You said you can't change the world. We can't. But you can change yourself and your world, and then the world around you will change. Okay, so actually that's a, in my, my first book, Candy Bar Hugs, that's a, that's a quote in there. there um, you can't change the, the world. world. The, the world is crazy out here. Now, if you look at all that's going on, you might get a little overwhelmed. But you can change your world. What mm. if you accepted a piece of trash? What if you checked on a neighbor? What if you just took care of your home, yourself, your family, your community? So you can't change the world, but you can change your world, which changes the world. And I, and I, I mean that very literally. I believe that the energies in the entire universe are lifted when we are happy, when we are not in fear, when we are serving our, our community. And, uh, and I, it's the only thing we can really do to affect major change for, for the vast majority of us. And everybody has something going on in their life. You know, we are not immune to being a victim to something or being, you know, talked down to or losing money. Um, so what would you say, I'm, you're the eternal optimist and I love that about you, what would you say to someone that has or feels they've lost everything, that they've been swindled, taken, hurt emotionally, what would you say to them to say, you know, life's not so bad. No, they're going to look at you and go, well, how do you know? What, what can you give them to say, you know, it's behind well, you, move forward? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I, I call myself so outrageously courageous, right? Bold faith, no fear, step towards the gun is the name of the third book. Outrageously optimistic. And you, you know, you, you've witnessed that. So mm-hmm. does that mean a hundred percent of the time? No. It, does it mean that's who I choose to be? Yes. Most of the time. So, uh, what I have, uh, uh, in fact, this morning, a friend of mine called and about two years ago, she called and I didn't recognize her. I mean, if it didn't show her ID, I wouldn't have known her voice. And she was in a huge, deep, dark, dark, dark place. And within, I'm going to guess, 10 minutes or so, her, she changed. She shifted. She opened up. She became, um, she got out of the deep, dark place, and she calls me her light. She's, you know, what would Charla do? You know, she kind of calls me her, uh, someone she chose. And I had just met her. She works at, you know, at, at the local store, and I had just met her. And we, the, the, the way I, I don't know, I don't remember what I said that made it shift, but it was a permanent shift. So when you can have split-second transformation, it is permanent. She called me just, just before I got on here, and I answered, and I said, just listen to this call if you want to. Um, and she, I said, how are you? And she's, I'm fantastic. So two years later, she is fantastic. So what the actual words that I say, I, 
I'm not sure, <laughs> but I but I want people to start recognizing that where this where we are right this second is all we have, and every single thing from the let there be light at the beginning of time has orchestrated itself to having you and me and anyone listening at this exact moment in time is the only moment we actually have and we you know we can we can make a choice right this second to change our words and change or change our direction or change our situation we can't change our circumstances necessarily but we can change our mindset well you you hit the words it's we can choose it's, it's, the, it's the choice it's that freedom to choose to change and what be a victim or not be a victim so exactly yeah, you know, it doesn't mean we don't have problems it doesn't mean we don't have uh, um, sadness or, or incidents or sometimes much more than we can think we can handle and if we recognize this is a uh, Matt Kahn I, I heard him say this one time if you can breathe if you can take a breath if you're in the middle of a battlefield and you can take a breath, you have choice. You're alive, right? You're, you're, you've got blood going. So if you can take a breath, you have a choice. And you can choose to stay a victim. You can choose to make a change a, a word. You know, you can choose as simple as, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. You're not going to get less tired by focusing on tired. So what if we just could learn to shift one or two words? I'm so, re I'm refreshed, I'm pumped, I'm energized. And, you know, you think you're lying to yourself, but all you're doing is speaking what you want, not what you don't want. And so your words matter in a huge way. Well, and as I, this morning I was, I had listened to something, I had listened to you say that in another podcast, and uh, all of a sudden the rain started just pummeling down here. And as I was thinking about it, I'm like, okay, so let's do a word game. If I were to say rain, first thing that would come to someone's mind, especially in Texas right now, would be floods. <laughs> okay? And I'm thinking, my flowers are happy. When I hear the rain, my flowers are happy. So flood, happy flowers, you know? It's your perspective, and it is totally a choice. In fact, I saw a meme yesterday, and it was about this whole thing. I, I, I wonder where I saw that. I'd like to go get it back now, um, capture it. It was uh, a, one person looking at a bee and thinking honey and life and flowers and beautiful things, and a, the other person and their whole endorphins in their whole body were all just this happy little things and then this other one was thinking fear I'm gonna get I'm gonna get stung yeah our fear and be you know and walking in it and and their whole demeanor they're looking at the same thing and they're thinking is what's different and if you can, I, I used to have an organic garden in this backyard, and it was so gorgeous. And I would walk around, bees and everything everywhere. I had zero. I would walk barefooted, and, and, and I never got stung. I never, there was a lot of things. I, I was sending out love, not fear, you know, and I, 
I I don't know. It just, it works. That's an interesting concept. Now I, I wouldn't obviously tell people to toward to walk towards somebody with a gun, but um, I mean I'm not a, I'm, I'm not afraid of guns. I've I've been I've been trained in that too. So you definitely have to be aware of what's going on around you, but it's your experiences that are going to shed light on the way you're looking at that bee or a flood, you know, water or rain. Um, in our particular case with the organization I work with, which is the Society of Citizens Against Relationship Scams or SCARS, most, most, the women and men there have lost money, significant amount of money through um, a relationship fraud. And relationship frauds could be anything, but these are particularly online dating. And so when you hear the word money, what would you, what, what comes to your mind when you hear the word money? There is no lack. <laughs> there, there, there's a little bit of a distribution issue, but abundance is beyond measure. We, there is enough for every one of us to have all we want and need. And I'm, I believe that with everything in me. I've not always believed that. And one of the, the, the science of getting rich, the, the, uh, uh, that 1910 book, uh, uh, is an amazing work that um, Nancy Matthews created a program around. And, and it is, it's amazing to me that I don't see any lack. I, don't, uh, I knew I don't. you were going to say abundance. I knew that you would say that um, <laughs> because I've got people that are saying, you know, when they hear money, they hear loss. They hear fraud. They Fear. Hear deception. Fear. Um, I actually put, wrote down for me security. In spite of losing a ton of it, money to me means security, which is one of those things. You know, um, you're single right now. What do you feel about the word dating? <laughs> putting you on the spot there out of my out of my, I I don't like no way I, well really I I am have been basically seeing I was married 18 years and 19 years and I've been single for the most part since like 2010 and I I don't have an antenna I'm certainly I'm not looking online. I will I would not I'm not that's just not me to go online and do it. But I have not been approached. I've not been asked out on dates. Uh I don't do I want things anything I do I want it to be very organic. Hey, we're sitting, you know, we're at a an event or something. We have a good conversation. That would be that's fine. But I uh, dating is just kind of a little bit outside of my my thought process I I want to I want to know me so I was a flight who I was for 34 years was a flight attendant and a mom okay so that ended in 2008 you mentioned this in the very beginning I'm like who am I now and I spent many years trying to figure out you know oh now I have a radio show you know who you are is what you do so often and and who I am as a flight attendant uh, you know, that was an identity, a cool identity for a lot of, in a lot of ways. And I lost that. And now I'm shifting. I want to figure out exactly who I am right now that I can get this 
get my message to the world. And my message is unconditional love. I'll just go there. <laughs> my message is unconditional love. Love people exactly who and where they are. Love as God loves, without judgment, no strings attached. And the harder they are to love, the more they need it. And so but, if, if, we can, if we can just grasp that and just let them be and get out of the judgment and the I'm right, you're wrong uh, opinion, you know, uh, it's a bad, it was terrible stuff going on in our world with that. I, my, my way is the only way. And well, that's, that's true. And, you, and I heard you say once that uh, people are connected, but we're not connecting. Mm. And going to the online thing right now with all of us just being connected virtually, there is no connecting. And the con much of the connecting, especially with the online romances, is fraudulent because we're not seeing the real person. Like you said, the authenticity, the authentic. We're not connecting if we're not seeing each other in person. And it's, it's a difficult time. So how are you getting your word out now in, in this new normal? How are um, you doing? Am I what? How are you getting your word out, your, your mission? And, and you had mentioned earlier that you've now got a new website. You've got your books. Um, so, yes, I feel like this, all of a sudden, I'm talking all these years of trying, of pulling, trying to do it kind of on my own, trying to, um, I just... I just go, okay, I'm going to write a book. And I wrote this little book called Candy Bar Hugs. It doesn't take much to make a difference. I mean, if, if it takes you 25 minutes to read, it's a slow, you're a slow reader. It's a little book, but it's got a huge message. And uh, the other two, so the end of 2020, which has been a most remarkable year for me, um, I will have two other, my other two books, I believe I've signed an agreement with a Beyond Publishing, and we'll have all three of my books in a hardback trilogy. Now I've got to finish writing the other two books. But <laughs> so, they will uh, come. That's, that's be, I, I would love to have a little three-set gift. They're not. They're not really related, but they're so. You know, they're my three books. So a trilogy set um, of hardback little little tiny books. Um, my website, as of this morning, charlaanderson.com, just went live. It's still got tweaks to do, of course, but uh, I, and I have a uh, a wanting I want to start speaking more. I feel like there is much out there, but I do things organically. I will never pay for. I don't know. I just don't pay for Facebook likes. I mean, that just doesn't work for me. I want it to be organic. So the call to action I actually have, and I'm I, oh another thing that came out. I got a call, and I'm going to have an ad go out for my coaching. You're courageous, coach. My an ad is going to go out to 75,000 households in the end of November about my coaching. And I'm like, ooh, that's going to be, I don't know what it's going to look like, but it's kind of fun. I, I created an ad. Now I created a landing page. And things are just kind of coming 
kind of together. All the tech things are a little bit have been uh, challenging, but I feel like that's coming together as well. So charlaanderson.com slash call, C-A-L-L, would give you a landing page to set up a a, a discovery call with me just to talk. And uh, there's no obligation, no risk, you know, just kind of a, are you... Are, are we a fit, you know, kind of a thing for coaching or speaking or whatever your needs are? Well, and you're fun to talk to. It's, it's, it would be a great conversation to have with anybody. Um, I'm holding on to your little book, Candy, Hug, Candy Bar Hugs. You gave it to me when we were out in Texas. And what brought this book to fruition? Because I'm a candy bar person, but the, the idea of it was so much fun. And just kind of tell people what the book's about. So, back in, I don't know, 2013, 2014, people were like, you're starting hearing stories about people buying uh, in the news, you know, oh, a feel-good story where somebody bought the big bucks or, you know, for the person behind them, you know, or, or paying it forward. Pay it forward, stuff. yeah, pay it forward. Yeah. And buying the, the and I'm, I was like, you know, I'm wondering if if you're in the Starbucks line, do you really need... It's a great gesture and it's fun, but do you need? Do they need it? And so I decided to start going when I go to Walmart or wherever, any grocery store, or checkout person that there's a candy bar area. I'm I started going, hey, hey, what's your favorite candy bar? And you you know they'll usually say whatever and a Snickers or whatever, and and I would I would buy it for them, and then I would say, and do you mind if I give you a hug? <laughs> And stories came out about that. So that's where the book kind of came from. One of the, the, the biggest, probably the most noteworthy story is in the book is this lady, I, I said, do you mind uh, uh, candy, candy bar? And she goes, oh, that's the nicest thing anybody's ever done for me. And I was like, a candy bar? <laughs> you know, really? And then I said, do you mind if I give you a hug? And she broke down crying. She said, you have no idea. I just found out my mom is terminal today. Mm. So every one of us has a story. Every person is a human being. They're the person in front of you. What if your purpose, what if your mission is that people are always searching? What's my purpose? What's my, what if the purpose that we are all put on earth for is how we treat the person right in front of us? Well, and you and I are both friends with Nancy Matthews, and Nancy wrote the book that called the, the, one, <laughs> the one Philosophy. Yes. And when I when I was reading your book, I was thinking about you know Nancy. Nancy said something one time, and it really changed the way I I looked at people, uh, especially people in service jobs. You know, the lady at the grocery store. Look at their name tag. Everybody wants to be called by their name. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel so different when someone acknowledges you by name and I try to do that when I'm at the grocery store when I'm uh, gone to a restaurant the server thank them and then say thank you Charla mm-hmm. you know because then they're like oh my gosh they're paying attention to me they know who I am and when I read your book I'm thinking that's the same philosophy you well know? when Nancy and I met it was I said I gave her my little book and I, this was in November of last year at a conference in Dallas and I gave her my little book and I said it's a small book with a big message and she goes oh I have a a, a little book with a 
big message too, or whatever hers is. She used to phrase it. I need to be different, but we we just became instant uh, best buddies, right? Mm -hmm. So she was so fun, and um, we it it. it it is a change of perspective that we think that there is a hierarchy of people and that is just not true. Every single solitary individual with, with good motives or bad motives, every one of us is a, a created human being that God sees as love. God, if God is love, he can't be not love. And what if we could begin watching instead of thinking that they're out to get us or there's an agenda, what if we started just loving them? We're not going to change, and I don't believe any war has changed anybody's beliefs. We cannot change someone's beliefs by force. We can, but if someone has got needs, you know, per, perhaps could benefit from a different set of beliefs, that we could just love them exactly where they are and who they are, and accept that, and then and then love them through the unsteady times. Now, I do have a quote in my book that that's it's very important, and especially in this context with your people. Unconditional love, unconditional forgiveness, not unconditional boundaries. Mm -hmm. So boundaries are huge. I don't ever mean to demean or diminish that. Uh, that boundaries are huge. It doesn't mean you have to stand in judgment. And what if we could just, in a way, just look at every person that is a little bit honoring. There's a few. And just say, you know what? They were five years old. Something happened. They they weren't you know they are not enough. And every single thing they've done from that point on is build a shield of protection around that little spirit, that little heart, that little soul. To build a shield of protection that I will never be hurt like that again. I will never be humiliated like that again. I will never be. And, and and when they do that, we all do it. We've built everything we've done from birth, basically, or from that moment in time when we're not enough, we're not worthy. Message hits our mind that from that moment on, we build a shield of protection around that, whatever it was. And it, It's interesting now. I'm sitting here and I'm my mind is going in a million directions because I feel exactly like you do. I also have the feelings of someone that has been taken emotionally, financially, in all those ways, and there initially was great anger. Um, right now, I, you know, I, we're the Pollyanna Club. I try to find positive out of all that's happened in the past. Okay. <laughs> um, but there is, like you said, the boundaries in view of what has happened with online relationship fraud, which is happening today in a huge mm -hmm. way, um, I don't have to. <laughs> I I understand where the scammers, you know, might be in an economic position that's 
not conducive to you know a good lifestyle, but their actions are not right. You know, boundaries on myself are don't give money to anybody. Okay, girls out there that are listening, do not give anybody money, especially uh -huh. someone that you don't know. I mean, I, I went through all that. I get all that. They become part of your family. Um, you can be scammed by your by your family. Sixty percent of of many of much fraud is done by family members. Um, I don't like what he did. I understand it. I think is it inexcusable. Well, in the eternal perspective, I think he's going to have to, you know, respond to it. Not to me necessarily. I had to forgive myself for getting involved. I had to forgive him for what he did only so that I could move forward. And I think that's where you're coming from too. Is something happened in his childhood and all those young men, there's something happening in their childhood that is leading them to, to be scammers. Um, and I can't change him. But I think there was one point, I think, where you said that um, about light won't let in the darkness. No. So I felt like when I stepped towards that gun and said, you need love, when I choose to walk as light, dark cannot enter light. It is okay. the opposite. Dark cannot penetrate light and be the light so be the light and those 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 people that have chosen the path of criminal behavior which that is mm -hmm. the people that there's a lot out there that have chosen this path of criminal behavior because that's all they know correct i when 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 those two young men uh came and you know and they they run off and the neighbors came out and and I was like um, they said oh well you know it was um, it doesn't happen on our street but you know it's Memphis and I was like I've got kind of crazy and I just said stop speaking death over your city this city has been this city or these children these people have been sold out by the system I'd already observed some stuff, and I was like, "This, the system has sold them out. What else do they know? I'm sending unconditional love to those young men. The inconvenience and the craziness was, was one thing, but the they only do what they know to do. And it would be interesting to talk to them today mm -hmm. to see how what you did affected them if it did at all and I would love that I would love to know if the you know the police think I'm a crazy old lady here I'm a, you know, and and I'm because I'm telling them the spiritual side of it I yeah. mean I'm like wow I stepped towards the gun and and they ran now if I, I I do believe we would have caught them had I stayed there and been able to you know look a little bit further along and I would love to know you know, I'm sure that they were very, very, very surprised by easy targets, you know, <laughs> simple, you know, standing up, standing, standing up. up. Yeah, yeah my, and my friend, she had handed over her backpack with her car keys, her all her everything. And uh, so she it was a it was a mess. Well, I felt that way, too. And I, you know, I I actually talked to my scammer 
live. That's how when he confessed, that's how I knew it. And and later on, I always felt like, you know what, maybe all those years of our conversations, of our exchanging what I thought were spiritual experiences, maybe the light, you know, was a little more powerful for him for a moment. And that's why he confessed. I figure if I could change his life just for a moment, and then the other thing is, is they're so good at what they do. I was like, if they could only do it for good rather than for evil. Exactly. And, and, and yeah, and, and go ahead. That's not up to us, but it's again, it's their choice. But I just that was my wish is that we could corral that brilliance and put it to good to good use. So, oh my gosh, Darla, why do I keep calling you Darla? My darling, Sharla. Um, this hour has gone by so fast, and I know Dr. Tim is on the line. I'm going to bring Tim in briefly because <laughs> I'm sure he's reeling from this conversation. Um, Tim, you're the founder of SCARS, the Society of Citizens Against Relationship Scams. I want to welcome you to the show. This is kind of a Thank you. quick thing, but comment about what we've been talking about, Tim, words, actions. Well, actually, I have a bit of a story. This week has been all about children affected by scams and I have a, a couple of stories that I wanted to tell very very quickly um, been dealing with with two separate children one who's 15 years old whose mother was a scam victim and helping him understand that context and how it it evolved and transformed all of their lives but this week also been dealing with a 12 year old child who reached out to scars whose mother is in the throes of a scam right now. And, and this little boy was trying to convince his mother that it was a scam, and she won't believe him. So oh. I intervened and contacted the local police department to have them send an officer out, basically for a welfare check, and also to talk to the 12-year-old boy and to try and impress upon the mother the severeness the seriousness of what she's involved in she'd already been sending their monthly rent their monthly food money uh, you know it's a situation where there's no food in the refrigerator and the mother is online 24 7 and the child is for all intents and purposes just thrown by the wayside mm -hmm. parents don't realize when they're involved in a scam how deeply it affects their families so individuals that that are going through these socially engineered relationship scams many many times completely shut out everyone and how important it is to be able to as you say let that light in and realize the impact of what they're doing um, unfortunately in this one particular case this this little boy was sadly taken into protective custody because frankly uh, the police decided that there was no other option after talking to the mother she still couldn't get the fact that it was all a scam and that this wasn't going to be a unicorn and rainbows happy ending mm -hmm. but this is one of the the great challenges of dealing with victims that are profoundly affected and traumatized by the experience dealing with and interacting with criminals uh, Charlie your experience is is both profoundly enlightening and and a 
and a model for others to be able to live their lives without fear. But unfortunately, the vast majority of people who come into contact with the forces of darkness don't walk away improved. Our role is to try and help every victim recover from scams, but the fact is we can only help about a third. Two-thirds will never recover from it. And statistics show that in, the, in all forms of whether it's financial crime or especially violent crime, that the odds are against people being able to recover from that. It's, it's extraordinarily challenging, but we as a nonprofit crime victims assistance organization do everything that we can to help people. And if anyone listening has been the victim of a crime, they can reach out to us through againstscams.org or find us on Facebook by searching for SCARS. Uh, we're here to help. Thank you, Debbie, for having me on. Thanks, Tim. I'm sorry it was so short, but Charla and I just got yakking today. So Charla, one last time, please let everybody know how to get a hold of you, your website, your email address. Go ahead. So my website is charlaanderson.com. If you'd like to schedule uh, just a 15 or 20 minute, 30 minute um, discovery call, see, see if there's a uh, connection here, charlaanderson.com slash C-A-L-L call. And my email is charla at charlaanderson.com. And I uh, would love, love, love to connect with anyone. And, and Tim, I, all, of, all of what you do it's, it is amazing. And it's still choice, the ones that choose to stay in that, victim mentality, that victimhood. It's still their choice, right? So to me, there's choice is, is a, a big piece of, of that. Well, that's true. And what we're trying to do is, is let them know they're not alone so that they can choose something other than staying in that bad place. Amazing. But thank you both. Thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed this conversation. I loved prepping for this story, especially after getting to know you in person. Um, blessings going out to you guys out in Texas. I'm, you're near my daughter, so I, my, part of my heart is in Texas as I'm sitting here in Florida. Um, but thank you all so much. And thanks, everybody, for being here and listening to Stand Up and Speak Up. We are dedicated in, to encouraging you to remove the mask of embarrassment and to being your best self. And as Dr. Tim said, if you or any of, anyone that you know has been a victim to fraud or scam, report it to anyscams.org or ic3.gov. Remember to visit my website, thewomanbehindthesmile.com, for replays or for information about Anything you want that I've written about, it's terrific um, because this episode is for you. It's been sponsored by BenFunComplete.com, a vitamin supplement company that supports happy and healthy hands and feet for those with neuropathy. We have a 5% discount called Stand Up. Go to BenFunComplete.com for that discount. Thank you, everybody, for a great day. Have a super week. Stay healthy, stay happy, and come back next week to Stand Up and Speak Up. Have a great day. Blessings. Bye. Bye, dear.